Uh, this morning we are continuing in the series that we've been in the last several weeks entitled You and Me as we are talking about relationships. And uh, I will just double down. Last week we talked about our desperate need for relationships. Like every single one of us has the same need. And we talked about our small groups. And so if you haven't jumped into a small group, please do that. Uh, I know that it's a great way for you to grow in your faith. In fact, God's desire to see you grow only can happen fully in the context of relationship. And so we hope you take a step to be a part of that. But this morning... Uh, It's going to be a little more personal as we dig into things this morning because we're going to confront something that I think every one of us is guilty of, and I think God is going to call us to something much, much better. If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse number 34. As you turn there, uh, just a reminder, we're in our New Testament reading plan, and so you've uh, you've gotten off course at all. Uh, Go ahead and jump on. You can find our reading plan on our app as well as uh, on our website. Would you stand with me? We're going to read our text here this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 says this. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him, a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with a sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, this isn't just something that was just written to entertain, but it was written to change and transform. And so God, I pray that you would speak to every one of us. I think we all need to hear this. And I'm praying by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would take this and make this message very specific to each and every one of us, right where we're at, right with what we're dealing with today. We pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Now, uh, raise your hand if you or your child has ever worn a costume before. Raise your hand. Just be honest. You worn a costume. That's fine. Wear a costume. Tell me. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take uh, 20 seconds, turn to your neighbor, tell them the best costume you have ever worn or the best costume your child has ever worn in your entire life. Best costume. Turn to your neighbor. All right, all right, all right. All right, some of you, some of you, I got some friends, they love dressing up in costume. That's fun. Some of you are like, I've never put a costume on before and I don't plan on it. That's fine. For me, when I was in the eighth grade, uh, you know, some of you know I'm a, I'm a musician, I'm a singer. So when I was in the eighth grade, I was in a musical, The Wizard of Oz, and I was the lion, and I had an awesome costume, okay? I got a seriously great roar. I'm not going to show you today, but that's fine. I got to preach another service later today. But 
but my favorite costume that Amber and I have ever worn actually was for her 30th birthday. When she turned 30, we had a special birthday party, and it was in the theme because she was born in 1983. It was 80s prom. That was the birthday party. So here's a picture of me and Amber for 80s prom, just rocking it. She had the big hair rocking. That was great. I just, I just wish, I wish I had that flow. That would, that would be awesome. That would be really, really great. But that's my favorite costume we've ever worn. But um, I think it'd be, it can be fun to dress up. It can be fun to kind of play the game a little bit and do that kind of stuff. But I think the problem is that this, unfortunately, is how many of us live our lives. It's not just something we do on special events for Halloween and things like that. It's something we do on a daily basis. And it may not be a lion. It may not be a wig. You know, it may not be one of those kind of things. But many of us, we live our lives putting on a show. We live our lives wearing a costume to cover up who we really are. And the result is toxic relationships. The result is toxic lives. And ultimately, the result is toxic spirituality. We walk around with the costumes on, faking it. And I love the story that we just read this morning. It's one of my favorite little passages, kind of a cute little story in the middle of a a bigger story that I think everyone, even if you're not a Christian, you're not a Christ follower, not even a church person, you've probably heard of the story of David and Goliath, right? We know that story, David and Goliath, taking out Goliath. That's great. What's going on? Uh, God's people, the Israelites, have come up against uh, the Philistines, which is another nation. And, uh, and what would happen a lot of times at that period of time is rather than both of the armies fighting each other, what would happen is you send out your best man, we'll send out our best man, and whoever wins, that's the army who wins. And so the Philistines have sent out Goliath. They've sent out their champion, and he is a giant, and he's huge, and it's intimidating. And he's calling, send somebody out to fight me. But if you know the story, what happens? The Israelites are all just, they're, they're scared. Nobody wants to go out there. Nobody thinks they got a chance against this guy. And then we get this character that shows up, David, who's a young man at the time. And it says that David comes up and he says, I'll go fight Goliath myself. I'll go take him, right? He knows who he is and he thinks he can do it. He talks about a story. Listen, I've taken out a lion. I've taken out a bear. I can go take this guy out. God will give me victory over this person. See, he understands who he is. And I think for a lot of us, this is how we start our lives. We start our lives being okay. Think about a small kid for yourself. Just a moment. When you watch kids, they don't worry about anything. Do they? You get a small kid, they pick their nose. They don't care, right? They're picking their butt. They don't care. Like, right? You know what I'm talking about. I see it. You see it in public. Like, that kid is not paying any attention. You ever seen a small kid dance? Do they care what anybody thinks about them? Like, they don't know how to dance. They're just doing their thing. Like, whatever. Because when you're young, you, you, you're like, I'm great. Everybody tells me I'm awesome. This is awesome. I feel good about myself. I'm comfortable in my skin. But somewhere along the way, we begin to think that who we are isn't enough. Every one of us feels this way. And often it's the world around us that is telling that, us that. It's trying to make us feel that way. And this is exactly what Saul does to David in this moment. He steps forward. I'll take, I'll take Goliath myself. Right? I know who I am. I can do this thing. God will give me the victory in this place. And Saul's like, no, 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 no. And so what does he do? He takes his armor and he tries to place it on David. Now, if you know the story earlier in the book of 1 Samuel, you understand something, that Saul was a head taller than everybody else. Like that's part of the why they looked at him and they said, oh, this is going to be this great king. He's amazing. Look how big he is, strong he is. So guess what? His armor was bigger than everybody else. And Saul takes this armor, this tunic, he tries and put it on this young man. 
And you can just imagine, it's like, you know, how some of us feel sometimes we're wearing our big brother clothes, you know, like, what in the world? This doesn't fit. This is too big. I, I, he's trying to walk around in this thing. Because Saul's saying, listen, you, got, you need something else. You're not enough. You're going to need to put my stuff on you. You need to cover yourself up in some way. And this happens in every single one of our lives. There is the pressure to be something that we're not. Now, some of you took this on in a really painful way from your parents. Because you had the parents that said, why aren't you more like your brother? Why aren't you more like your sister? You know, why don't you do this? They placed expectations on you that really weren't who you are. Like, you should do this. You should be good at music. You should be good at sports. You should be good at, you know, whatever it is. You should be good at business. You should be good at school. Whatever the thing is. And you struggle and you took that on and you feel like, I'm not enough. Like, I can't, I can't do this on my own. Some of you felt that way from your parents. And I'm sorry. Some of you, it was friends. Your friends place expectations on you. Say, you say, you should be this way. You got to act certain ways. Don't act this way. And suddenly you feel the need to like put the armor on and cover yourself up a little bit. Try to be something that you're not. For some of you, it happened from an employer or a boss who's constantly trying to get you to act in ways that are counter to who you feel like you are called to be. But you keep doing it. You keep doing it. You're playing the game. You're putting the armor on, acting like something that you aren't. For some of you, it just straight up is culture. You know what I'm talking about. Culture tries to influence us on a regular basis, tries to convince us to do things, to be things, to act in ways that are totally different than what God would actually ask of us, or maybe how you are called or wired to be. Culture is constantly doing that, and culture can be a really powerful force. Just think for a second all the dumb things you've worn or the dumb things you've done with your hair in your life. You know what I'm saying? Why? To be cool, to try and look good. We've all done that. Teenagers laugh at us when they see the pictures, but let's just be honest. You are going to laugh at yourselves in 20 years, okay? That's just how it's going to be. Like, deal with it, folks, okay? I showed this picture uh, a couple months ago. I spoke in youth, and I showed this picture, and, and my wife actually pulled this picture out for my kids a week or two ago, and they mocked me senselessly. This is my senior picture. It was pretty awesome. Oh, look at that. Love that hair. That's great. I don't know what I was thinking with this hair, guys. I look like Pee Wee Herman or something. This is kind of ridiculous. But, but we do things. We think we look cool, whatever. Culture will convince us to make, take the picture off. Please take the picture down. I don't want to know. Nobody take your cell phone. I'll take a picture of that. <laughs> when it comes to... <laughs> my wife just said, ew. <laughs> That's so loving. <laughs> and when it comes to our hair... Comes to our clothes, like, it's kind of funny. It's kind of stupid, okay? But when it comes to our lives, it's not funny. And the fact is, it's a struggle that all of us have. Many of us still walk around in artificial armor. We're still playing the game. Whether we are trying to be something that we're not or simply hide what we actually are, the truth is uh, many of us live lives that are fake, phony, and plastic. And we know it. We feel it at times. Like when it, when it comes to church, I think, unfortunately, this is one of the places where it can get even the worse, right? Because as, as Christians, as believers, we show up to church, we know how we should live as Christians. We know those kind of things. But then we also know that we don't always live that way. So then what happens? You know it because you've done it and you've seen it. You walk in the church, oh, blessings, brother, right? Just, I'm just, oh, she's such a great, oh, the Lord is good, right? You just walk around, you're pl- putting a show on. That's not how you feel. That's not how you really act. That's not who you really are. But we play the show. We put the mask on. We fake this thing. Why? Because you think we need to hide something. We need to play the game in some way. We wear armor, we put on a show, and we fake it. And this habit of covering up and living inauthentic lives has dangerous consequences in our life. 
And that's what I want to look at for a few moments. If you want to take some notes, there might be a few things you want to write down this morning because I think they can be helpful for you. But when we keep the armor on, when we try to play like Saul putting the armor on David, when we try to play that game in our lives, there are a few things that become true. Number one is this, is that we dishonor God. We dishonor God. When we, when we are faking it with the armor on, we dishonor God. Well, number one, you just talk spiritually. When we walk in and we try to play the spiritual thing, like do we think God is dumb, right? Like when we walk in and are playing the game, we're trying to show everyone else, look how spiritual we are. God's not dumb. He knows what you're like the rest of the week. You're not, you're not you know, confusing him. You're not you're convincing him of anything. We dishonor him when we try to act like we are something that we are not, but it goes so much deeper than that. It's oftentimes, you know, God, God has made you, I would just say this, God made you with a purpose, but too often we are trying to live someone else's purpose. God made you with a purpose, but so often we're trying to live somebody else's purpose. What do I mean when I say that? Is that God has gifted you in certain ways. He has created you for a reason. But oftentimes we're looking at everybody else trying to do what they do. I want to try and be like them. I want to do it their way. And God's saying, I didn't make you like that. I didn't plan that for you. And you are dishonoring me when you actually are trying to be someone else's. Live out their calling instead. There was a funny moment that I had with a a friend of mine. Uh, Tom Trzinski is actually the new CEO elect for uh, uh, Minnesota Teen Challenge. Uh, if you've ever met Tom before, a few people in the church know him. Tom is one of the most dynamic guys you'll ever meet. If you meet him, every person who meets him loves him. Within 20 minutes, you think he's your bestie. Like, he's just one of those guys. And some of you know people like that. Just, he's an extrovert, just amazing with people. It's just great. I love the guy so much. Okay, but you know me. I'm an introvert guy. Okay? And so I oftentimes would look at Tom, and I would just be like, man, man I wish I could be like that. I, I, I struggle with that, you know? Just a thought that I would have. Well, we were in a car, this was years ago, we were driving in a car and uh, coming back from an event, and we spent a couple hours in the car together. And we're about halfway through the drive, Tom leans over me, he's like, Greg, can I just be honest with you about something? I said, yeah. He's like, last couple years, I've really struggled with jealousy in regards to you. And I'm like, <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, you're just... You know, you're just so, so talented, and like, you got the music thing, and you, you speak so well, and you, there's just wisdom when you're in meetings. You're able to like, strategize things and do things. Like, I'm just not good at those things. I'm like, Tom, you have got to be kidding me, okay? Because I'm constantly jealous of your ability to work with people and to bless people. Like, everybody loves you, and I'm like the awkward guy who doesn't know what to say, and I'm like, seize up and get all uncomfortable. Tom, I wish I was like you. And we had this moment of like, how stupid are we? We're dishonoring God because we're trying to live out somebody else's purpose and calling. He didn't make me the dynamic whiz-bang guy who can walk around and talk to me. He didn't make me like that. But he did give me some gifts. And my job is to be faithful with those things. Right? I'm not trying to put Tom's armor on. I'm not called to be Tom. You're not called to be whoever it is you're looking at. Because some of you, you're trying to be big brother. You're trying to be big sister. You're trying to be that other person at work. You're trying to be that other person on the block. That's not who God has called you to be. He's called you to follow him. Get your eyes on him. Take that armor off and live for him. Okay? Number one, we dishonor God. Number two, we keep the armor on, we deceive others. 
We deceive others. Now, sometimes people only have a limited view of you, and that's just reality, and they don't get to see the whole picture. I have another Tom story. It was very funny, both of these. Uh, This was a moment. uh, Tom and Amber served in Alpha Ministry for years together. It was great, okay? And so Tom Tom saw Amber in a very, you know, confined moment. Like, that, that was all that he knew of her, whatever the relationship. And she's, you know, extrovert and all fun and all that kind of stuff. But there was a moment where, you know my wife, there was a moment where I said something about my wife being sassy. Okay, and if all you know, you know my wife is sweet, but she got some sass to her, and that's why I like her so much. But I said, I said something about her being sassy, and he's like, oh, not my sweet Amber. And I said, yeah, right. You know, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do you know my wife? Like, have you ever had a conversation? Oh, yeah, she's just sweet all the time. She would never do something. I'm like, Tom, you have no idea, apparently. You have a very limited view of my wife. She's got sass to her. That's why she's so fun all the time. Okay. And sometimes in life, there are people that would just, they don't see all of you, and that's okay. That's fine, all right? But hear this. There are other times when the way that we live is intentionally deceiving others. Now, sometimes we do that because we're insecure. We're scared. And we're afraid that, well, maybe, maybe I'm not quite good enough, and we try and hide ourselves a little bit. We try to play the game. We put the mask on. We pretend things sometimes. We've all been guilty of that, okay? But sometimes we do it because we're hiding what's really going on. It's not that we're just, we're afraid. No, we literally are trying to hide. We don't want the world to know what's really going on. You see, when we put the armor on, when we're hiding, what are we doing? We are deceiving others. We are hiding the reality of what's going on inside of us. And I got a question for some of you, and it's this. Do the people around you actually know the real you? Do the people around you actually know the real you? Does your spouse know the real you? Do your closest friends know the real you? Or is there a part of you that is continuing to hide? If they don't know the real you, then you're the one who's allowing that. You're allowing that. Whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, you are the one that's allowing that. You are hiding or lying, but either way, you are deceiving the people around you. And that can be hurtful in relationships, all right? So we got number one, we, got, we dishonor God. When we keep the armor on, we deceive others. The third one is this, we endanger ourselves. We endanger ourselves. Hear this, things left hiding in the dark don't usually get better, they get worse, okay? See, when we put ourselves in a position where we're hiding, we got the armor on and we're faking it, we're playing the game, we're doing all these things, we think that we're hiding and protecting ourselves. In reality, we are putting ourselves into an extremely dangerous position, Sometimes we have parts of our lives that we're struggling with. And if we don't share that with others, it can actually get worse. We end up hiding things. Why do we, some of us, we're struggling. And maybe you have this as a part of your story in the past. Or maybe right now we have things like addiction. Addictions, whether it's a chemical, whether it's, whether it's pornography, whether it's gambling, whether it's even an eating disorder, some of these kind of things that we struggle with, we hide them. We think that we're actually protecting ourselves. Nobody needs to know about this, but you realize you're killing yourself by not bringing it to the light. The armor is killing us. It's sucking the life out of us. It is dangerous to be in this position. Sometimes it has to do with relationships, right? Some of, you, some of your marriages are struggling right now. They're really struggling. And you don't want anybody, you, you go out in public and you're just like, yeah, everything's all great. And you are dying inside. You're literally dying inside. And you think by playing the game and putting the armor on and faking this thing, that it's going to be okay. But no, it is literally killing you, okay? It is killing you. 
For some of you, maybe you've got other relationships. You've got a relationship online nobody else knows about. You've got a relationship with somebody else, you know, at the office, that person you talk to, and it's like, oh, this is, this may be, I, sh- I, should, I shouldn't talk about this. Hey, by, by keeping it in the dark, you know what you're doing? You put yourself in a really dangerous position. It's a very scary place to be, okay? For some of you, maybe it has to do with a financial thing. Maybe you're struggling financially. You got something going on personal in your life, one of these financial things that you're just like, and you don't want to tell anybody. And you're, you're thinking, oh, by not talking about it, it'll go away. No, it's not. It only gets worse. Things left in the dark only get worse. When we endanger ourselves, when we keep the armor on, when we continue to play the games. And what happens when we do this? What happens when we keep the armor on? We, we destroy relationships. We destroy marriages. And it will destroy churches. Why? Because it creates something that's fake, something that's artificial, something that's inauthentic, and ultimately destructive for everyone involved. Okay? You've seen it. You've watched it play out in your life and in others' lives. And so I want to get to the big so what this morning. We always say, so what? What's the point of this thing? If you forget everything else that I share with you today, I want you to remember this. The armor is weighing you down. The armor is weighing you down. So you think it's good for you. You think by hiding you're able to kind of play the game and keep everyone away and they don't need to know what's happening. What you don't realize is that it's actually the thing that's holding you back. See, God has something good for you, but you're walking around in the army. And so what does David do in the story? He's walking around with all this heavy army, armor, armor, and he's like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, this is not who I am. What does he do? Takes all the armor off. He goes and gets a couple stones. He heads to a giant and does what's beyond what any of us can understand. Why? Because he operated in who God had called him to be. He had stepped into who God had called him to be. He operated with a faith in God and a trust in him and not trying to play the game like I'm going to be like Saul because he ain't Saul. He says, God, you have anointed me to do what you've called me to do the way you've called me to do it. And so if there's a challenge that I can give every one of us this morning, it's a very simple one, and it's this. Drop the armor. Drop the armor. Drop the armor. What is it? Is it an armor that's trying to hide something? It is an armor where you're trying to play a game, trying to be something that you're not. I don't know what it is, but drop the armor. Because as long as you are holding the armor, it will destroy you. It will kill you. But God says, I have good things for you. I have Zoe life available for you. But it cannot happen when you're keeping everything in the dark. You have to step into the light and experience the good things that he has for you. Okay? There's an invitation to something better. And hear this. It's really scary. It's really scary because some of you have lived decades with the armor on. Some of you have hid things and kept things away from people for years. It's scary. And is, is opening up going to be easy? No, it's not. Oftentimes in the moment, it will feel more painful. But the reality is that you will never experience the life God has for you until you're ready to rip the Band-Aid off and really deal with that. Say, God, would you do this in me? Would you shape me? God, would you take what is in the dark and bring it to the light for your glory? That's what he's calling us to, okay? And so I want to give you, some of you might, might be saying to yourself, okay, well, what does that look like? How, how do I drop the armor? I want to, I want to give you a, a few things real quick. And, and again, these are things you might want to write down because I think one of these four things is something maybe you need to, a step you need to take this week. The first uh, step is this, is how do you, how do you drop the armor? How do you live authentically? Number one, choose to believe what God says about you. 
Choose to believe what God says about you. Why do I say that? Because this whole idea of living authentically isn't like you just getting in touch with yourself and like, how do I feel and I'm just going to be the... No, no. The starting point, because we can get some crazy ideas when we do that. The starting point is, what does God say about me? Who does he say I am? I talk about this on a regular basis. One of the greatest steps you can take is to understand your identity in Christ. When you understand who Christ says you are, who he has made you to be, then there is hope that can rise in your heart. There's a faith because it's not dependent on me trying to be something. It's who he has already prepared for me to be. Okay? And so you've got to choose to believe. Believe isn't just thinking it. It's actually living like it. Belief is an action. It's something we do. If he says you're free, then begin to live free. Quit living like everybody else. Right? We have to choose to believe what God says about you, okay? Second thing, ways to live free of this. Be honest with yourself and God. Be honest with yourself and God. What do I mean? Uh, we live in a world that struggles to be introspective. We just do. I'm an introvert, so some of the introverts in the room are like, I love to be introverted, you know, or introspective. I like to sit with my notebook and I write. Some of you are like that, but I would guess the major- vast majority of us don't do that. We don't sit and think. We don't process. So the reality is we don't know how we feel most of the time. We don't even know what we're going through most of the time. You're just buzz, 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 doing the thing, clicking, clicking. Just, life is just like constant go, constant go, constant go. And you're never in touch with what you're actually feeling. You never have opportunities to be totally vulnerable before God. What did it say about Jesus? It said regularly, what did he do? He went away to a quiet place and he prayed. And I think there's two reasons why going to a quiet place matters. Number one is you don't even know what to pray about sometimes. You don't even know what's going on in your heart until you step away for a moment and give God space to actually speak to you. But secondly, we need to go, go away and be honest with God about where we're at. And I think for some of us, that's the most important step. You have not had a moment like that in possibly years. And God is saying, listen, you got to be honest with yourself. Say, God, what am I really feeling right now? Where am I really at? What is God wanting to speak into me? Okay. God, God, what are you wanting to do in my life? Third thing is this. Engage in honest relationships. Hear this very clearly. Everyone doesn't need to know everything about you, but someone needs to know everything about you. Like if I got up here on a weekly basis and just told you all of my junk every week just to get it out there for everybody here, like that would be toxic for me and for you. Like that just wouldn't be healthy. But somebody better know what I'm going through. Somebody better know what I'm walking through. I can't do this in isolation. I need other people around me. We need honest relationships, ones where we take the mask off, ones where we drop the armor and we are totally vulnerable. And they're the ones, as we talked last week, who can call our junk out, who can speak into our hearts, right? Who are consistently pointing us back to Christ. That's what we need, those types of honest relationships. And I'll just say it again. If you're someone who says, I don't have those, and you are yet to sign up in a small group, you have not taken every step you could to, to find that kind of relationship. Because we believe God can do that kind of thing in an intentional relationship. The last one is something that we all, uh, I I would say this is the absolute most important thing I'm going to say this morning. And it's this. Trust the gospel. Trust the gospel. How do we drop the armor? How do we live authentically? Trust the stinking gospel. Around here we say we are gospel centered. We are centered on the good news of Jesus Christ. That's where our hope is. The problem is if you center on morality and moralism, then your desire is like, I got to try and show everybody how good I am. So around other people, I'm going to put a mask on and I'm going to fake this thing. Before God, I'm going to try and just prove how good I am and try to make myself look good because that's where my hope is. Listen, that is not a hope. 
There's no good news for you there. But if you trust the gospel that there is a God in heaven who will do for you what you could never do for yourself, he will receive you with open arms even in your mess, even when you're broken, even when you've run away. He has arms wide open saying, come run to me. When we can trust the gospel, we know there is life, there is freedom, there's salvation, there's redemption, there's restoration no matter where you are. But it cannot happen in the dark. It only happens when you're willing to step into the light. Trust the gospel. It's good news for every one of us. We all need it. All of us have had a moment in our life where we desperately had no other hope but the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it stands with arms open again today for all who are willing to receive. Would you walk to him? This morning as we close, I want to pray. I want to pray for some of you that you need to step into a place of honesty. You need to drop some armor in your life that you've been covering up. Maybe it's been on purpose. Maybe it hasn't. But you realize you're trying to live somebody else's destiny and God's calling you to step into yours. But I believe that there's somebody here this morning who's never responded to the gospel at all. And my prayer is today that for the very first time, somebody may step their heart into a new relationship with Christ, submit themselves to Christ, and to receive the good news of the gospel, both now and forever. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? As we pray together, God, we thank you so much. We thank you for the gospel. It is life, it is hope, it is joy. There's peace in the gospel. We praise you for that, Jesus. And God, I pray for every heart this morning. I know that you want to speak to us specifically. God, you saved everyone, but you also save us individually. And so, God, I pray right now that by the power of your spirit that you would call us. For the person hiding in the dark, for the person who's um, trying to live somebody else's calling, for the, other, for the person who's just feels like they're, they're worthless, God, I pray that they would be reminded of who they are in you, God. They would trust the gospel and step out of the dark. Drop the armor, Lord. With every head bow and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, you're just in a place where you're like, you know what, I've, I've been hiding. Uh, maybe it's intentionally. Maybe there's some junk in your life you're, you've been hiding, but maybe there's some of you just feeling like, you know what, I've been trying to live somebody else's calling. And I, I need to drop that, and I need to begin to pursue what God's calling is over my life. Just as an act of faith this morning, I'm just going to invite you. Would you just lift a hand across the room? Just say, that's me. I want to respond to Christ this morning and just surrender myself again. Yeah, across the room. Just respond to him. Say, God, I'm all yours. I'm all yours, God. I want to let, let go of anything that gets in the way. Instead, I want to pursue you, Jesus. Father, I pray for every hand that's raised in the room online, those that maybe even didn't raise a hand but definitely need to lay something down. God, I pray that you would do that in their heart today. God, that you would bring a restoration to those that are hurting. With every head bow and every eye closed, it's possible that there's somebody here this morning who, who would say, you know what, I've never responded to the gospel. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. Scripture says this, that our sin separates us from God. It's what keeps us from knowing him. But it says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him, not perish, but have everlasting life. That word belief, it's more than just simply having a nice thought about God. It's, it's one that says, I believe in who he is. I acknowledge my sin and I repent and turn away from that and I submit my life to him. And if you're here this morning and you want to receive the good news of the gospel, which is eternal life, eternal Zoe for every single one of us, you want to receive a, a new beginning today. If that's you with every head bow and every eye closed, I just invite you to lift a hand across the room right now. Say, that's me. I'm ready to respond to Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you're online, I encourage you to respond as well. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're responding, I just encourage you to pray in your own heart as I pray out loud. God, I thank you. I thank you that you love me. 
I thank you that you pursue me. I thank you that you are walking after me no matter what. And God, I pray that you would help me uh, to, to, to begin a new journey, Lord. I, I admit that I'm a, a sinner. I admit that, that I'm broken. I admit that I've gone the wrong direction. And, and Father, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in his death and his resurrection. And I, I confess him, Lord, over my life. I turn away from my sin. I turn away from the old way of doing things. And I turn to Jesus and I submit myself to him and put my hope and my trust in Jesus. God, I pray that you would help me to live a life for you in every way, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I, I just wanna say, if, if you are someone who, uh, who responded to Christ, they're gonna put a QR code up here on the screen. If you are somebody that responded to Jesus, uh, I would encourage you just to scan this and, and uh, to just fill out quick information. We just want to be able to get some resources around you to support you, to help you on the journey of faith. It's so, so important for every one of us, all right? For those of you who lifted a hand, and there were a number of you that lifted a hand just saying, man, we are, um, I just need to, to, to drop the armor in some area of my life. My challenge to you, and honestly, my challenge to every single one of us, is that we do one of the four things this week. Maybe it means you need to, to get away, give God some space. Because you might think that you're not living a plastic life. You might think you're not faking anything, and all of a sudden God says, hey, hey, you see this area where you're just not being honest? Maybe he wants to speak to you. My prayer is that we would give him space to do that. Rather than us trying to figure stuff out on our own, that we would give space for God to do what he only does. And he speaks into our hearts, and he shapes us, and he molds us into the people he wants us to be. Amen?